0: Welcome to the Turtle Tracks podcast. I'm your host Brian Van Hooker, and I have with me here Ken Mitroni, who, uh, for turtle fans, will probably known best for his work on the uh, Archie Adventures series.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: <laughs> so, if we can get through the laughter here, Ken.
1: Uh... I know. <laughs> There's gonna
0: be a lot of it. I can see. So I'm gra- I'm happy it's, with that. It's,
1: it's just us. We've got the giggles. I'm sorry. <laughs> We'll fix it in post. We're rolling through this. Yes,
0: exactly. We'll just edit out all (laughs) laughter. So I guess starting out, um, tell me uh, a little bit about your art background.
1: Uh, yeah, um, just like high school education type thing, you know, did the little art things in in school. Um, not a whole lot of professional training, uh, kind of self-taught, um. Back in the ancient times, we were doing fanzines. I was learning how to draw that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're back in the 70s when everything was black and white and people drove classic cars. Um, yeah, I just didn't have a whole lot of art training. I just had a lot of great mentors. Mm. And and that was the thing. It was more like, I want to do this. I'm very excited about doing it. And uh, it was being passed around. Uh, I was being passed around at conventions in the 70s by by guys like cc beck who did the captain the captain marvel he's like you're inking with a flare pen if i ever see you inking with a flare pen i'm gonna break your hands you're coming to my house on sunday i'm redoing these new captain marvel adventures i'm gonna show you how to ink oh wow and then he's like, somebody else down, somebody else we know who's really good at inking. Uh, Will, I'll get a hold of Will Eisner. He's he's down in Tamarack. You know, there's all these old guys in Florida. Yeah. You go to Will's, and Will's like, no, this is how you do it. And look for the blacks, and look how this things work. And then, you know, from there, you'd, uh, oh, you need to talk to Jack Kirby when you're in town, when Jack's in town. He's coming into Miami to do a convention. So Jack and Roz, his wife, took me to lunch. And I'm like, like a little kid, and they're like, come here, kid, do you want to do comics? Let me show you. So for about an hour over grilled cheese, Jack taught me the dynamics I used Okay. of, of waiting and, and setting characters down. And then from there, it was like, oh, well, you know, shoot, you need to hang out with John Romita Sr. So, oh, okay. And then I hooked up with Johnny Romita Jr., who became a drinking buddy for years. <laughs> and it was just like I got you know, adopted by the Ramita family. So, and in between all that was like Kelly Freese and all this kind of stuff. And in animation, it was Bob Clampett and Tex Avery were the two guys that adopted me when I used to come out to to California in the seventies. You know, and I'd stay at the Hollywood Y.
0: Wait, hold on. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, so uh, we have a mutual friend in the name of Trevor um, who told me that <laughs> that you worked for. <laughs> he told me that you worked with Jack Kirby, and I was excited about that. But Bob Clampett to me is so exciting. Yeah. So, can you tell me a little bit about Bob Clampett? Goodness.
1: He's the sweetest guy. Where do you think I got these crazy glasses from? <laughs> Everybody thinks it's Ward Kimball. Now, um, or Jack Benny. You know, phones. Um, it's. Uh,
0: well, actually.
1: Bob was. The Clampett family uh, adopted me, you know, because I would mow lawns and save my money and. My folks, God, I can't believe they let me do this. They fly out to L.A., stay at the Hollywood Y, and go see Tex and Bob and, like, Chris Freeling and Mel Blanc and all that. And it was it was crazy that and anything like this would happen, you know. Uh, but, yeah, the Clampets, uh Bob and I used to correspond back and forth, and his daughter, Ruthie, uh, who uh, I just heard from, Ruthie is... You know, she's, she's going through her dad's archives, and she says, Kenny, I found all a, I found a file with all your letters that you sent dad. You know, and I'm like, well, what? Because he didn't throw anything out. He was a tremendous person, but also a great pack rat. <laughs> he saved everything. So, yeah, Bob Bob and, and Sodi, his wife, were the sweetest the sweetest folks in the world, and Bob's kids are the best. I mean, they're just, they, you know, I just saw them last time, and I haven't seen them in ages. I keep up with Ruth, but, you know, Uh it was—I uh, don't know—it it was just great, and everybody just treated me because I was such a young kid. They treated me like gold. I mean, no matter where I went or what I did. And then when I started doing comics, like like Bob was the one that helped me get Space Art gone, which was my first comic that I printed. While Pete and Kev were doing their comic Ninja Turtles, they'd do this, they'd, they do this—they were oh, we borrowed money from our uncle. We're gonna—we we printed this really cool comic book, you know. And we were like, well, we saved up enough money, and we. Did the same thing. It's just theirs took off, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which uh, God bless them. I think it's great. You know, I just had a discussion with the lady. Um, I did a Ninja Turtle piece for an auction at the Adventure Fair this weekend, or last weekend, and uh, the lady who bought it, uh, her son is like 35 now, but he's a huge turtle fan, and he then was the Archie Turtles, the, the 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 TV Turtles, you know, the, mm-hmm. the evil incarnation of the the the, the colorful turtles, right? Um, and uh, which isn't now. Everybody's getting nostalgic for it, but at one time, it was not cool to be the artist for it.
0: Oh, yeah, they want the dark, <laughs> but, but, brooding yeah, stuff. Some people, yeah.
1: some, some people loved it, and they, it was just great, but there were some people who, to this day, are just like, oh, it's you. <laughs> 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 oh, I see. You're still drawing those silly, funny turtles, eh? But anyway, I digress. Uh, anyway, she... Went nuts when she got it, you know, and she was. Well, my son is. You know, I saw this great nostalgia for it, and all this, and and uh, I don't know. It was just. It was just great. It was just fun. Anyway, get back to that. A lot of mentors, not a lot of training, and a lot of fanzines back in the day.
0: So, <laughs> so I mean, like, how, how did you meet some of these? How did you meet some of these people, though? I mean, like, Will Eisner, Jack Kirby. Like, where did you? How did you find them?
1: Back in the seventies. Oh God! I'm doing that now. (laughs) I'm, I'm back in this now. Back in the. I'm putting that. There are two things that make you really old, and one is to say back in the. Yeah. And put a date. The other thing is to say the word "the" in front of any technology. Are you on the iPad? I'm, I'm, I'm on the Netflix. I'm on the. You see the? Have you got the? You know, it's it's just put. Just doesn't matter what. I'm I'm on the Twitch. I'm are you on the Twitch? It's like no. It's not. There's no the.
0: As we're on the Skype right now. <laughs>
1: oh, then I'm on the. Are on the Skype? My kids love the Skype. My God, it's terrific. They used to, <laughs> they used to, it's like those old guys in Miami when I was a kid growing up, you know, that you'd see him at the deli, you know, they'd be eating, having, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, I heard these two guys, and they were funny and every morning. they go get a cheesecake cup, go up a newspaper, right? And they, <laughs> the, the, one of the guys is just like, your kid's playing soccer? They're not playing baseball, they don't play baseball, they play soccer. Soccer. Your kids play soccer. Says yeah, yeah. I tried to get them interested in baseball, in like baseball at all. They wanted to play soccer. You know, <laughs> when we were kids growing up. Soccer was communists in shorts. <laughs> and I, I passed. I was in the next minute, I passed cheesecake through my nose. That was. <laughs> 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 anyway, those guys. You met them going to conventions because of wow, the seventies conventions. They were all available. You want to talk to Doug Wiley? Sure, I did that. Dougie was available, you know. You want to talk to any of these other guys? They weren't superstars, you know. They weren't gods, you know, at that point. I mean, Clampa was having his resurgence, and here comes everybody else. And being adopted, what happened was I got adopted by CeCe Beck, and he just started passing me around. And that was it. Wow. You know, that was that was the cool part. And if you hear anything in the background, it's a train radio. I'm I'm, you know, I'm a real fan. I'm sorry. It's a dirty little secret that's not secret much <laughs> online anymore. Um <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so basically that's how it it just snowballed oh wow I just learned how to network or somebody go oh well come over here you want to meet Gil Kane oh you want to meet you know Gene Cullen? you want to meet you know you're just like you know my head was blowing off you know (laughs) and then when the turtle comics took off man I was doing conventions and you see these guys all the time
0: how'd you get involved with the turtle comics uh like I said before, we were doing conventions back in the day
1: with our indies. See, people forget, and this is a sad, sad thing uh, that people forget that there was a, a there was a push to do indie comics a long time ago. And you know, there was there was no comics. There was just underground comics. There was you know Zap Comics and all this kind of stuff. It was done by <laughs> the greats of underground. And then there was nothing. And there was the mainstream comics, but there was nothing else. So there was a handful of us that started in the late 70s, early 80s to publish our own comics. We figured out how to do it. Before all that happened, it was was just kind of quiet. So here comes Pete and Kev with their money to do their book. Here we come with our little book. Here comes Cutie Bunny. Here comes, you know, (laughs) all these other terrific titles that nobody knows about. It's all gone. It's all gone. I mean, I wound up doing Myth Adventures and and just kept doing all these little titles while Pete and Kev were, you know, doing having great success with Turtles, which was great. But we met them early on Mm. when we were all struggling. And they never forgot us. Oh, cool. Pete and Kev never forgot us. And they're, you know, the sweetest guys in the world. Um, And this actually goes back to that lady's story. Oh, wait a minute. 8.9
0: is this this the model (laughs) trains there you go yeah the the, uh, defect detector is up here I guess the signal maintainer just went by
1: gotcha (laughs) (laughs) it's cheaper than the radio (laughs) Um, (laughs) from there uh, to get back to that other lady she was like oh we spent so much money on turtle stuff and I said look let, let me tell you something if you bought transformer stuff back then oh god we bought so much transformer stuff I said yeah but you know that goes to Hasbro. At the time, hmm. this goes to two guys in Northampton who came up with this idea. One was a, you know, a shorter cook. You know, it's just this goes to two guys who came up and made the, made the book. You know, with the little money they borrowed. And who would you rather have the money go to? Would you rather it go to the American Dream to two kids who came up with this, who are worthy of all the money in the fame? I think, because they just did this. Or do you want it to go to a corporate business? And she said, "That puts a new light on everything." I said, "Good, good, absolutely." Oh, cool. Uh, anyway, I was continuing on in the indie comics deal, trying to build my career and trying to get into animation at the same time. And uh, Pete kept calling. They sold the TV series, and like we need a we need a comic book artist. You know, Dave Garcia was doing it at the time, and I love Dave to death, and his turtles are super awesome, and Dave and Monica are the sweetest people on the earth because I, you know, I just love them to death. And they were doing the book for a while, and then I did it for a while, and, you know, like, and then Chris came out after me because I got too busy mm. with information. And, I, you know, we just agreed. It's like, you know, I don't have time. I can't. I can't. I can't keep this up. So, you know, I was—you asked Mike Cazala. He was—I was rooming at Mike Cazala's house, <clears throat> and he was working on Mighty Mouse, and I guess I was on Tiny Toons, and he was about to come over to Tiny Toons, and I would get the script, and I would uh, do it on a Friday. I would start boarding on Friday, and I'd completely have the whole thing penciled out by Monday at Warner Brothers, and I'd do the cover on my lunch break. Oh, wow. Yeah, it it was crushing for a few of those. Some issues I had time, I was home, there was no problem, but most of the time i was working doing animation working at studio but it was great that pete and kev called i couldn't tell them no they they're just so great to think of us and they, they just took care of me and my wife beth it was you know they're i can't say enough about them i i have i have no no problems with those boys
0: trevor told me to ask you a story about the three of you or maybe more going through the desert uh on a trip to vegas does this ring a bell
1: in the middle of the height of the, you know, the turtle popularity, Pete, who's an avid motorcycle guy like I am, and Jim Lawson, who was also a great uh, motorcycle guy, and Craig Farley, same thing. <coughs> we hatched up, a. Uh, they hatched up this idea of, hey, let's go to Comic-Con. Let's take our bikes and go to Comic-Con, go across the country. So, I think, I, we started with a, Pretty big handful of guys, and I think when we got to San Diego Con, it was there was like six of us left. (laughs) But I think I know the story. Um, uh, What happened was I met them, I think in Ohio. They came down from uh, Massachusetts, I met them in Ohio, and then we went on to go across.
2: Mm.
1: Just driven through. I stupidly got on my bike, go, I'm gonna meet the guys, I'm on my motorcycle. BAM! Storm of the century hits Florida. I'm running in rain for two and a half days. And, and the first day was the bad one coming through Florida. And to get to Tallahassee, where I was staying that one night, there was so much lightning, it was like day. <laughs> it was just like, on, on the, I'm like, God dang it! You know, this is going to be fun! <laughs> so, I get to them with them. And we had this adventure taking our bikes across the, uh, you know, across the, the country. Uh, and it was the Digital Demons, which uh, which uh, I still have some of that stuff. Pete and the guys came up with that. And we had shirts and decals and just cool stuff. And it was fun. I mean, Craig, everybody else was on Goldwings wings and fancy bikes, and me and Craig were on Shadows <laughs> with army bags tied to the back of our bikes and all this kind of crap, and I had my Walkman, that Walkman, there you go. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, here, so I could hear music, and I had a, it was it was quite the conglomeration. I have a photo around here somewhere, but uh, you—it was fun. We got to the high desert. We we're heading to the high desert. We we're going to—we're we going to uh, to Vegas, and I had made reservations for us because Pete's like, "Okay, Kenny, you can take us into California since you know all the routes." I'm like, "Okay, great." <laughs> so I had point. <laughs> and if you ever talk to Pete, ask him about the Elvis obsession. That was the whole trip, man. We just kept talking like Elvis, baby. But well, we, I, I kept doing this gig, you know, this joke about Caesars, and I was reading out of a book called Elvis, The Last Days. But I was reading it in the morning over breakfast in Elvis' voice, because, you know, <laughs> he would go, So, what's going on with the king today? All right, man, here we go. Be for me, baby. And I'm Nutty Buddies Cookies and uh, Gentleman Donuts and whatever. And that I still have the book here somewhere, too. Uh, <laughs> that was part of the nonsense. But to get back, uh, we get. I make reservations at Caesars for the last, like, surviving six guys. Seven, six, seven guys. I I know there were just a handful of us. (laughs) Poor beaten bastards. (laughs) Six guys, probably. We get, uh... I didn't know this, but I got us to Caesars, and it's a big event at Caesars is going on. And I'm like, oh, God. It's, uh... Let's see. Who was it? Um... it was one of the one of the oh, Diana Ross. Diana Ross is opening. Oh, nice. So, Diana, Diana Ross is opening at Caesar's. The night we pull in, we look like something out of a bad western. We're all dusty, you know. Everybody's go beers are all grown out. We just look disreputable. Well, the bikes are all shitty. We haven't had a chance to do anything. It looks awful. It just looks awful. And here, and all these limos and black ties are pulling up. And there's a guy. Since I appoint, I pull everybody up. And there's a guy. Uh, it, was, it looks like he's orchestrating everything, you know, in, very nicely dressed, very attitude, you know, packed. I pull up, and it's just like, you no. Know, <laughs> he, he just looks down his nose at me. and goes, can I help you boys? And I took my helmet off, and I look like, you know, I look like death. And uh, <laughs> in an order of fries. And uh, I said, yeah, we got reservations here. you got reservations here. Uh, who are you with? He says, well, we're with Mirage. So the Mirage is across the street. <laughs> so I'm like, really? No, dude. Mirage Studios. And he goes, Rhyme Studios? Why does that sound familiar? I said, see the guy behind me? He created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with his buddy, you know, Kevin Eastman. See the guy behind them? That's Craig Bartley. He paints all the stuff. See the guy behind him? That's Jim Lawson. He does all the black and white books. See the- and I, can't, I just, you know, picked the last two. And I said, me, I draw the Archie comics... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures that your kids probably have at home right now, and the color went right out of his face because <laughs> this is the height of the turtle thing. Yeah, and he was so apologetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry, guys. I am so sorry. We had, um, uh, I, it's all on me. You have reservations. Well, we're gonna take care of that. Go see this lady. We're gonna, you know, get you nicer rooms, and you know, you have. We had drinks and we had food. Uh, they took care of a lot of stuff. <laughs> He's pointing to the valley. He's like, "Show these guys where to park. Put them where Leno parks his bikes, and make sure we got a guard on these bikes all, you know, until tomorrow when these guys leave." You got it? Well, like, yeah, yeah. So we. Do it. it was great. It was just like
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you come to our hotel, but. Yeah, it was, it, what a great night. It was the first night we really, really got to party. I mean, we had been on the road, and we'd just been good, and we'd been too tired to drink and have a good time. So we get in there, we got wasted. <laughs> <laughs> At least me and Farley did, and you know. I, but everybody was hurting the next morning. And it was the hottest day of the year on record in Vegas. Oh, wow. I had to take them down the hill. And I kept, I, since I had point, I kept taking the bikes, and I would pull into every gas station. I'd take the radiator hose and just soak ourselves, and they pass it down, and then we go as far as we could. And just to keep from getting overheated, and then when we got to the base of the uh, uh, to the bottom of the high desert, once we got into like I guess it was wasn't like needles or something. I can't remember what it was. There's a great photo of all of us just completely stretched out on this, this shell station. There's this little grassy area in the shell station, and we're all we're all like. <laughs> Riding suits off, everybody's sunburned, everybody's passed out. So we recharge there, and we uh, we head um, to the double tree in San Diego in the at, at night. And we finally get there, and yeah, I, it was just one of these things where like says, "We tackled Everest, Yeah, <laughs> and it was that it was that moment. Yeah, we, it was it was fantastic, and the Comic Con was great. And then on the way back. We, pete's like hey come on let's go to let's go to grand canyon all right we go to the grand canyon and some of the other guys have finally caught up with us right the guys who had you know, sunstroke and double vision and all you know all this other crap that happened you know the motorcycle blew up we're there and pete's going let's go through canada I'm like, what? come on let's go through canada we go around the great lakes and we'll go up to you know we'll go we'll go up to new york and then you can go from the garage and and some of the guys are just like no I'm going <laughs> see you bye bye um, and uh, you know and, and it was funny because he said he just went down the line he says Craig you in? he's like yeah I'm following you and he's Kenny what about you he says well I kind of got a book to get out and I you know you I, I, I gotta get paid for it you know and I mean I could do it when I get home but I'm running out of money dude he says then he's just like don't worry about it you're handled you're in oh cool <laughs> who signs your paychecks i said you do he says okay you're fine next guy you know oh it was just and we went around the Great lakes in the wind and all stuff came out of niagara and went up i stayed in mirage for two days and i worked with uh you know i blocked out some of the stuff that i needed to do i worked with jim prindle and his wife in the merchandising department while i was there and then uh took the long motorcycle trip back to florida by myself in nice weather (laughs)
0: good lord wow
1: it was a great time. God, I wish, I wish we'd do that again. We used to do these motorcycle trips with the guys. You know, I'd go up to, to Northampton and, and visit and, you know, just do the meetings and, and and all that kind of stuff. And it was fun. But Pete would always break out the bikes, you know. you go into the barn, and you would open it up, and it was like a motorcycle store, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, grab the blue Harley. There was a blue Harley that I think he gave to uh, uh, Dale Quarterly, who was racing for uh, – for uh, mirage racing motorcycle racing oh cool and uh, and uh, he eventually sold it to dale for dale's dad but he asked me first i'm like i can't afford to buy a harley that's why i ride yours <laughs> you know so um you know that went that went to the wayside but we had so much fun and i rode some great bikes and you know we go up in the hills we go to the back roads in massachusetts and all fun it was just fun you know very cool. <laughs> that was a long-winded story. No, not at all. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: getting to the turtle comic a little bit, I'm curious. Like, how did that um, like how did that run? Like, like who, like the direction of the series and all those things. Like, was that mostly uh, like Dean who kind of directed yeah. where the short the story would go and all that?
1: Yeah, we started working from the TV scripts for the first first issue i had
0: mm-hmm. number three i think
1: number three yeah. yeah redhead and i worked on that one and then um from there dean came in and they started to do to take charge which i was really happy about because i didn't just didn't want to be a xerox machine oh yeah you know say so when i first started they sent me the model pack for markami wolf and they sent me you know all the stuff to work from and i felt a bit slavish you know my stuff a lot of things that guys like about the Turtle Comics that I always get, they say it's just really loose and fast and all this kind of stuff. And basically, all I'm doing is doing what I do when I'm storyboarding. I keep it really, really loose and fast. Mm. So if I tighten it up, it takes all the life out of it. And I'm always in a hurry. <laughs> 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 you know? But it, there's, there's, I look at them now and I'm like, wow, I was just like, God, you know? But it's, they, the appeal there was the looseness. Yes, yeah. there's energy and a pop in there apparently. And this is what I'm told, not me. Me, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is the way you draw the guys. If I try to draw them and carve them, you know, and really make it like it's, it has to be perfect, it just looks like ass. <laughs> it looks like turtle ass. It's
0: terrible. Well, you know, I gotta say, like, I, I, I like, I was so excited when uh, Trevor said that he knew you because I was like. And I read them as a kid, and I look at them now. But I and I no joke, like your artwork stayed with me because of that loose and the squash and stretch thing. Like it was really like stayed with me in a way. And and I'm not I'm not kidding you. When <laughs> NECA came out and had that that so uh, Ken did the artwork for the the NECA eight pack San Diego Comic Con thing a couple Got years it right ago. Here. Yes, amazing oh, no. toys. But when that pack came out and they premiered the artwork, I said holy shit, they got Ken Mitchell on you to do it. I was so excited.
1: <laughs> I was blown away. I loved it. And to, to sign those with Trevor at the convention, I met so many people, and you just don't... I had not gone to Comic-Con for 20 years. Uh, Jim Jim Davis, uh, James F. Davis in the comic books, not Garfield. I was going to say, yeah. Good Jim Davis. Okay. The guy used to do Fox and Crow. He animated Superman for the Fletcher cartoons, worked on Poppity Goes to Town, worked at Warner Brothers. One of my one of my big influences as a kid for, car, for comic books, and he did all the Fox and Crow comics, you know, and they're wonderful. Or he did the bulk of the Fox and Crow comics, I digress. There was a lot of really great guys in there who did it, but Jim was the catalyst. Um, I took Jim to his convention. He had never been to one. I took him to San Diego Con, and it was the first convention at the Super Slab when we were still a little concerned at Comic-Con, you had to walk all the way down the new convention center to this little room where the Comic-Con was. And I took Jim in there, and he looked around, and he thought it was, like, the biggest thing in the world, in his life. He's just like, I've been doing this for 50 years. When did this happen? <laughs> and I said, yeah, we're getting really big, Jim. You know, look at this. we got our own thing at the convention center, right? Well, Jim passed away. He, he died. Uh, cancer took him really quickly, hmm. and uh, which was a shame because he— he drew me a, He drew this great drawing of the turtles meeting the fox and the crow, and both of them were like, wow, look, a crazy talking fox and a, a stupid looking crow. And the crow's like, oh my god, talking turtles? That's amazing! <laughs> no one's gonna buy it, though, you know? <laughs> He's just so wonderful. But he, he passed away, and I kind of, you know, I've been doing Comic Con for years, you know? That's how I got work for the year. I would go there, I would meet with all the people, and then I'd go back to Florida, you know, like, oh, I'm doing something for Marvel this month, or I'm doing something for DC, just to stay in everybody's radar. And <clears throat> once I got picked up in animation, which I did at Comic-Con, hmm. uh, uh, through Jerry Beck. Thank you, Jerry. Um, I, I I just kind of lost my heart, because, you know, Jim was gone, and it just you do it for so long, you're just like, ah, yeah, yeah, I went away, and I came back 20 years later, and everybody was crying and wailing, like, oh my God, the oh Comic-Con, oh, oh, it's horrible, you're going to And I walked in, and I went, okay, so Comic-Con's here. They just cut it in half and put a giant trade show in the middle.
0: Yeah, uh, Sally's mm-hmm.
1: still over here. Indie Comics is still over there. The comic book dealers are still over here. There's just... You know, Hollywood's in the middle of it. Why, If you want the old Comic-Con, go from one end of the comic convention, do your thing, walk out, avoid the trade show, go all the way down the other end, and go in there, and you're done. <laughs> True, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I, I just didn't get the angst, but I hadn't been there. But I just, you know, but doing this thing with Trevor, since I've been gone so long, I showed up, and people was, oh, my God, you're here. Oh, gee, oh, are you signing? Are you doing anything? Are you drawing? And it was, it was great. It was terrific. I mean, the day before I went and did the signing with Trevor, I was signing um, a novel that Stephen Arboyette and I wrote called Fata Morgana, which is doing quite well. It's doing doing really, really well. It's a science fiction World War II story. But we were up where you get your autographs from, you know, from, you know, the old old stars, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I just... So we were up there signing, and that was it. Was kind of fun. It was good to meet everybody and all that. But boy, when I went down to Turtleland, holy God, I was I was mobbed. It was wonderful.
0: Oh, very cool. And and was that the like when you did the artwork for that? Was like the first time you'd drawn the turtles in a while, or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, you know, I do it for friends, and I do it every once in a while. And uh, you know, I get uh, oh, I don't know. I just. Everybody loves it so much, but yeah. it just wasn't out of touch. I was in Hollywood. I was making cartoons. I was working on features. I was working on TV series. I was working on live action stuff. And I just, like, you know, and you're, you're doing stuff like that. People go, oh, oh my God, you're the turtle guy. Can you draw me one? Kyle Carrozza, who is the creator of Mighty Magiswords, and worked with me. Kyle actually inked that. He inked the box for me. He was my boss on Magiswords. And I'm like, I know you. And he's a huge turtle fan. He used to send me fan letters uh, back in the day, and he still has them all. And, uh, you know, I did now he worked for me at Nickelodeon, and now I was working for him at Cartoon Network on Mighty Magisword. Mighty Magisauri, 615, every day on Cartoon Network, and it's on the app, and it's hilarious, and you should see it. Uh, and, <laughs> okay, my shilling is done. No, please, uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're really funny shows. But, yeah, Kyle... I said, would you do me a favor and digitally ink this for me? Because I was gonna ink it and then send it back to Trevor, and they wanted like digital inks. So I'm like, I'm not set up for that right now. So would you do that for me? I will get you a set. And he was thrilled to do it. <laughs> so but anyway, it was great to go back to Comic-Con. I'm actually trying to get uh, an artist alley table. Back in the day, you just go in, throw your portfolio of crap down, and you'd plant, plant your flag and sit. Now there's this big fucking waiting list and paperwork and everything else. in like, for a spot that's this big, you know, that you, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, wow. I want, I always see Dave Garcia there
0: and I'm like, are you sure you have enough room for your shoulders in here? <laughs> yeah. It, but that's so funny to me that you'd like, have, have to fight to get a table.
1: More of these drawings. I actually got a hold of, uh, uh, IDW this mm. week. And I, I said, Hey, um, not working, making cartoons right now. And he said, hey, give you guys a call if I ever had any spare time, because you know, let's do a turtle book. And they were just like, oh, we have enough turtle comics uh, stuff right now. Um, we have a lot in our inventory, so uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe in a maybe next year we're doing our hundredth. We'd like to get a little piece. I'm like, oh, okay, okay.
0: okay. I'm surprised because they they've don't done do a lot of... for Kenny. Then <laughs> they've done a lot of stuff like, where they've I'm had like the classic people artists people come
1: for back. For Christ's sake. <laughs> And I'd love it, you know. I I'd, I'd love it get together with Dean and the guys and, you know, knock out another series would be fun.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. I mean even if we
1: just do one, you know, do a, do a giant size or a special or something like that.
0: They did uh, uh, they did something cool for the 50th. They actually had so the the Archie's comics had uh Bebop and Rocksteady kind of like retire and become nudists on some planet. <laughs> Um, and Yay. they did something where they came back and I, I don't know who did the art. Maybe it was Chris Allen, but some, they, there they, might have been Chris. was that, it might've been Chris and they came, they, they came back to earth, like to get chips or something. And then they went back, <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool. It was like a little mini visit back to the world of Archie's, uh, Archie's turtles.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Oh, I love Chris. He's he's just just wonderful, and his artwork's really really good. He's a really good guy to follow. Me, he was terrific. You know, he did a great job on the
0: series. Oh yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good people on the series. I mean, like, but I mean, something about your artwork. And it's funny now that I didn't know about all the animation stuff, but I see more of that termite terrace animation in there than I do from the the Jack Kirby Peter Laird side. Like, I I see like like your. I think the reason why your art stuck with me is because it's fun and loose and silly and i just love
1: that yeah it, it was the right tone
0: yeah
1: it was the right tone for the uh, for the cartoon turtles it really was i mean it was it wasn't the show no and it wasn't the book you know and you got to respect those those things you know that and yeah, someone's getting a word yay um <laughs> for those i'm listening to the santa fe <laughs> which is in my backyard I have, a, I have a one-to-one scale model railroad in my backyard okay yeah there's a, you know, if, the, if you look at my backyard and you go that you know you walk to the end of the yard and you look up the Santa Fe main from Richmond it goes through the backyard oh wow <laughs> which is heaven if you're a rail fan you know but I, you know I can tell you uh, as far as the guys you know everybody's worked on the books done a great job and I brought people in I brought in, you know, I brought Art Leonardian, who was one of... You know, he worked on the Pink Panther. He inked one of the issues for me. You know, he was my boss at one time. I got Gary Ho to, to do Mutanimals with Mike Kazala. And, you know, I tried to bring in as many as my animation friends as I could to, to handle the rest of the series. Because i like, who do you know that's cartoony? I'm like, I work every day with cartoony.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ho and Kazala, too, had like a fun, loose style for the Turtles, too. They were fun, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. Those guys did great. And... I'm proud of them. They, they really did a fine job for everybody, but um, my stuff, I just, it, what you're seeing is raw Kenny stuff. It's <laughs> just like, I wanted, you've you got to, I'm more feeling it than I am drawing it. Yeah. So, you know, one of the guys is going, I don't know, you know, he's just like, oh, that's what it looks like, you know. Yeah. I won't go back. I won't go back and clean it up. That's where I, my head was at the moment. That's where I was drawing and that's from what I was thinking at the moment. And going back and trying to capture that is impossible. Hmm. Uh, uh, when I do the stuff for Ed Big Daddy Roth, uh, I was working on Rat Fink. I was part of the Roth estate. I'm still part of the Roth estate for doing uh, Rat Fink things. And if I draw Rat Fink and I try to not, I don't know, draw out of my mental state and go back and try like, oh, it needs to look like this and that. And I, no, no, you just go. You know, uh, uh, Tom Morgan, Tommy Morgan, one of my one of my favorite pals from Marvel, who's done a lot of uh, did, uh, the storyboard for, guy for me and on Ampley and all that. Uh, he came from Marvel. He was under Johnny Ramita senior for years as his assistant and worked in the Marvel bullpen. He can draw any style. And I was taken aback. I said, draw me a Gene Cole and Iron Man. And he did it. But he started with the foot. Hmm. So what do you do? Says, so "That's the way you do it, man. Yeah, this is the way Gene used to do it. Start with the hand or the foot, and he never blocked anything out. And that's why Gene's drawings are all twisted and weird and cool looking. You know, Because huh. he was just drawing it that way. Yeah, you know, where some guys would just do the structure. Here's a circle. Here's a line. Here's the chest. Here's the barrel, Here are the hips. You know, but they'll structure it out like a like you know, December would do it. You know, or 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 Johnny would do it, but." You know, I'm more from that kind of like loosey goosey school, you know, and it's fun. It's fun for me. It's, it, it's not fun. I don't want to do it. It's just work. It's tedium.
0: I can't imagine having to overthink Ratfink. Like, <laughs> if you're not having fun with that, like, what are you doing it for? i yeah,
1: headache my right eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's all. Free. Matter of fact, we're going like I said to going to the Ratfink reunion. Uh, end of this month in Manti, Utah, at Ed's house. And, uh, it's just a crazy collection of people that go out in the middle of nowhere, Utah and, uh, paint and pinstripe for charity and, you know, meet the, meet the public and, and celebrate Ed's life and then hang out at his house, which they used to do. Which oh, is very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, never, uh, I just, uh, I just were blessed with great mentors, whether, like in stock car racing, used to stock car racing. My mentor was Kaylee Arbor. Well, he was, he, he sponsored my race car on the, on the little dirt track in Florida. I have a, a picture of him in my top 10 NASCAR trophy here. You know, uh, baseball, Brooks <laughs> Robinson. I did a, uh, I was working with the Orioles doing artwork for the, yeah, I did the Oriole Bird for years. Oh, uh, wow. Did you design it originally? Uh, no, that was, uh, I did the, the, uh, the what they call the Walsh Bird. Uh, okay. That was the one everybody sees. But they had all they had was one drawing, you know, right. and verbal clip art. So I kept pounding and let me do it, let me do it. Steve Jeppy, you know, was was, it was so funny to see Steve who distributed my comics for years and just go, hey, see that artwork on the back of the Jumbo Tron? He says, yeah, that's mine. He went, oh, oh, my God, I didn't know you were working for us, right? Uh, but Brooks Robinson, we did a signing during 2130, 2131, with uh cal ripkin you know when i was in town for that thanks to the o's oh wow and you know like brooks Robinson was like he was a baseball god when i was a kid you know he was the hot corner he was the guy on third you know he was he was baseball to me and i got to meet him and we sat there and i drew i drew him a picture of bugs bunny doing the catch from the 70 series you know the belly catch with the arm out oh yeah and he, and he was just looking at it and he was just like Is this mine i said yeah <laughs> because i was working at warner's at the time i was doing bugs bunny and he was—he just was like a little kid. And then he, you know, I got an autograph, and I was just—we were just kind of stunned with each other. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, you know, because I, you know, that. But really great guy, super nice. You know, uh, and right now I'm I'm working for your Oakland Athletics because when I went to Pixar, we we bought a place up here in the Bay Area. I'm like, okay, well I can't go to the O's anymore or the Braves, so I'll go. I'll go to the uh, the Athletics, and. It was the day they they, they announced their new mascot, Stomper, and I just, you know, I'm working at Pixar, and I threw down my business card, and I said, okay, that's it. Looks like you've got, you might need some artwork. Have your front office call me. Here's all the contact information for MLB and the Baltimore Orioles. Bam, I got a call the next morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you do some artwork for Stomper. I mean, what do you charge? And I said, tickets. <laughs> they're like, What? Just tickets, I don't, you know, tickets are fine. They're like, what do you do? What? We talked to the Orioles and they said the same thing. I said, do you do anything online? or you start doing. And what you do, and you got to remember this, that it's not always about the money. Yeah. It's not about the money. Sometimes it's about having fun with what you can do. Mm. I do a lot of this turtle stuff for free. It's not about the money, it just makes people so happy. You know, I'm hitting the court. I mean, if I need the money, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, here's a commission you have to pay me because I'm my back's against the wall. Right. Because I'm an artist. I'm a cartoonist. It happened. But if I tried to cash in on all... If I tried to pay for everything the Orioles and the A's did for me, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I mean, uh, everybody loves the story. We I went in for a, a meeting with uh, Mike Ono and the guys at the A's, and they're like, okay, here's we're doing, this, that, and the other. Kenny, is there anything special you want to do this year? And I'm like... Could I hook my PlayStation up to the Jumbotron? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're looking around, the guys from the Jumbotron, who I shared an office with because I was drawing during the game next to the Rygish, But they're like, yeah, come up Thursday. It's a dark day. Guys are out of town.
0: That's awesome.
1: But, okay. And it was the old gray place, not a new one. Right. And I was playing Rampage and, and, and uh, all this other kind of stuff. on <laughs> the Jumbotron in Oakland were hanging out of the booth. With the controllers, and we're playing stupid old PlayStation games on the Jumbotron at the Coliseum in Oakland.
0: That's amazing.
1: That is, you know, how can you put a dollar figure yeah, on Yeah, yeah, I see. How can you put a dollar figure on, like, playing catch with your dad out there, you mm-hmm. know? How can you put a dollar figure on sitting with the Ripken family when they came into town, you know? we're mm-hmm. sitting uh, or having, having batting instruction and, and on-field instruction by all the coaches? They'll do that every once in a while. Wow. They, you, you're able to get in on that. You know, Ron Washington gave me shit for not feeling very well. You know, <laughs> get your ass down. Put the glove in the dirt. Don't look down. Look up. You're gonna get hit. Put your ass down. Put the, You know, Ronnie's the best. You know, and I was I was having trouble when I was playing baseball at Warner's. I I always had problems uh, hitting. I would I would I had the mechanics down, but I was. I, there was something wrong. I kept skying them, you know. Most of the most of the pitches, I would just pop them up, or you know, weak, you know, weak over the, you know, second field, you know, they drop like a blue single. And I was in the Orioles office, and they were talking about something they were doing. I was doing a Triceratops playing golf for the the Orioles for the celebrity uh, thing. It was okay. A Triceratops for some charity that had like a dinosaur. Part, like, oh, no, and the batting coach is coming because I was sitting in in the in the executive office. And I'm just swinging, you know. I'm just, you know, you take like 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 playing air guitar, right? And he's swinging and swinging. And I'm like, oh. Kenny, what's up? I said, I i just, I can't figure this out. I can't do it. So batting coach is coming up. You can talk to him about him. I Said, yeah, the batting coach of the Orioles wants to talk to me. <laughs> so we he comes up and they they do their business. They're talking and. I said, okay, yeah, I'll be there. The the, the golf tournament's when. It's Thursday. All right, we'll get the guys together. I've got this. Right. And they said, oh, this is Kenny. He's the artist for the, he does the oral work for us. Oh, good to meet you. He's uh, got a question for you. Well, what is it, Kenny? He said, I, guys, are you kidding me? He's, he's having trouble swinging. <laughs> what? Well, go ahead and swing for me, Kenny. He said, what? Just, just, just give me a couple cuts. And I just air cut. Boom, boom, like that. He goes, okay, that's cool. Hang on a sec. Do you have the number for this? Uh, because I've got two other guys that want to, that want to make the turnaround. I think they're going to come with me. All right, that's cool. I'll see you guys Thursday. Kenny you're striding. take a smaller step. And he walked away. And I went, what? <laughs> I was taking a big Mickey Mantle cut. You know, I take that big foot out like this, and yeah. I just It would just boom. You know, if you're Mickey Mantle, it's great. If you're Ken Matroni, it sucks. <laughs> you know? I've, I've hit more homers up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> They're all wedges in the batting cage. Right. So I'm like, okay, so I went down to the batting cages when I got home. And I took a smaller step and just like that. And I was just like, holy crap. Oh, wow. (laughs) It works. Striding. Wow. But you can't put a dollar figure on this or the Jumbotron or Great Seats or watching the the streak here in Oakland. You know, all of a sudden the the Moneyball movie. I was at those games. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was terrific. You know, see Cal Ripken break the streak and see Joe DiMaggio and, and you just can't put a dollar figure on it. And the same thing goes with this other stuff. You just can't. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you got to make a living, but sometimes it just makes people happy.
0: And you know, I I, the, I wanted to start winding this up, but I I I wanted one more question for you. I'm so curious about Mel Blank. Mel was a doll. Mel Mel uh, was the
1: sweetest guy. I was like 1973. I came out, and stayed at the Y. It was it 73? Let me go check the Let me go check the autograph because I think it's dated uh no actually it was 79 we may have said no i got the sign later but it was during the gas crunch it was when would they had the uh the the gas crunch in california and there was no taxis no buses no nothing uh remember cars all parked up trying to get gasoline and all that in the 70s uh, and i came into town and i couldn't get around so i had to walk to everything it's easy to walk from the Y to Bob Clampett's because it's only down on Seaward Street. And uh, by the way, what's really funny is I, I got so many little stories. Um, my buddies Chris and Phil—we did the uh, Lego movie together.
2: Oh,
0: that movie's amazing.
1: Yeah. So it's they, brilliant. They moved from the office in Santa Monica to an office in, in, in Hollywood. And I said, "Ken, you got to come by. I want to have a meeting with you guys." So I went there, and it was Clampett's old studio. And I was sitting with Chris and Phil talking about something, and I'm standing, and I got really quiet. They're like, "You're not really normally quiet. What's up?" I said, "Well, I don't know. About 35, 40 years ago, you know, 15-year-old or 14-year-old Kenny was sitting in here across from Bob Clampett, and it's this big, like, you know, out of the out of the Stargate thing, where you're just like, oh, you know, oh man, you know." Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the uh, Mel, I since I was walking everywhere, two guys got blown away by me walking. Freeling, because I had to go to the Freeling, and I had to get up at 6 in the morning and walk to the valley, huh. which he, I'll tell you, that's another story. He just was completely impressed <laughs> and was completely blown away and treated me like gold. And the same thing from Mel, because I had to walk down to you know, like Westwood where his office was, you know, and I walk all the way down there and I make my appointment, my ill-fitting suit and all that kind of stuff. He had just come in from recording Buck Rogers. He was doing Tweaky. Okay. On Buck Rogers. We dee wee hello, Oh,
0: yeah, 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 okay.
1: Yeah, so he came in. I was waiting in the lobby, Mel comes and oh, how are you doing, no, I'm No, let's go see I come in, and he was only going to give me like five, ten minutes, you know, because he's a busy guy. And they, they said, do you have trouble getting here today? I said, no, 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 sir, I haven't, but I, I, I got here okay. He says, yeah, there's no way. How'd you get here? Somebody dropped you off. I said, no, I walked. You walked. Where'd you walk from? The Hollywood Y. And they all did this, all the old guys, there's a moment of, wait, you're staying at the Y, and you walked here from the Y? <laughs> He immediately pressed the, you know, his intercom button and told his secretary, "I'm giving Kenny an hour. But just hold my calls or anything else." Wow. And he sat there, and because I knew his work on the Jack Benny show, yeah, on the Jack Benny show, you see, um, which I love. <laughs> Big surprise there. Um, <clears throat> he told me stuff about doing voiceover work. He regaled me of tales of being in the voiceover business and like. Oh, I mean, we used to get on the East Coast, we'd get on the uh, on the train, and any young one would get on one intercom, and <laughs> I would get on the other intercom, and up the Eastern Corridor we'd do jokes and routines and bits, you know, uh, working with Bob and Chuck and Frizz and, you know, and the guys, <clears throat> and Tax and, and uh, McKimson and all them. Uh, I got all that information and just some really solid information about voice work. And then, you know... I, I met him after that later on, but it was just—he was just the sweetest guy in the world. They, these guys were all—they weren't—they weren't—I don't know—they—they they, they just seemed very happy. They seemed very, very happy and secure, and they're just fun. You know, they—they they were the mentors you wanted.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: They were the mentors you wanted, and that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's what Mel was. We had dinner. We had dinner set up for Mel. He was saying, you know, before he passed, and. Uh, I had given him a reel of 16 millimeter film the second time we met. And it was just a moment. And I was working at Channel 12 in West Palm, and I, I, we, they were taking the Jack Benny shows and cutting them out, the ones they had there, and throwing them in the dumpster. Well, I was cutting commercials into Gilligan's Island episodes and stuff to work the film chain at the TV station. Mm-hmm. So I would cut the Mel Black sections out of these, and I had a reel of like 20 minutes of his walk-ons on the Jack Benny TV show, and I gave it to him. I said, "Here, you don't have this. This is no video, pre videotape, and everything else. Everything was on film. Bam! Here's a reel of like 20 minutes of you on the Jack Benny show." And he was like, "This is perfect. I, I'm doing colleges now. This is exactly what I need." You know? Oh wow! And uh, he was so thrilled. And he, you know, we just we just went back and forth for years. This is sweetheart. That's so just cool. A sweetheart. Like all of them.
0: And you can't beat Jack Benny story. I'm a huge fan too, so that's that's super uh, exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, Floyd Norman and I do Benny and Rochester. I just did Jack Benny in uh, Mighty Magiswords. Oh, really? I did Jack Benny and Mighty Magisword, you see, and he's it, it's really good. It's it's me and Bonnie Gordon, who's another really funny girl, you see, funny as as Gracie app. and. We do Jack Hoppity and Candy Carrots in Mighty Magisaur. so you gotta see that because it's gonna air and it's gonna be hilarious. You see, so
0: (laughs) I'm super excited about this now. I'm not kidding. That's great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But if occasionally, if you friend me on Facebook, one of the videos I have, uh, it's me and Floyd Norman. And do you know Floyd Norman at all? I know the
0: name, but I'm I'm like I'm not. I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Sorry,
1: Uh, Floyd. Floyd is a Disney legend. He's in his 80s, and he worked on Jungle Book and Sleepy okay. Beauty and One Dalmatians. He was Disney's first uh, black hire in the story department. And he is a thorn in the side of the Walt Disney Company. I love him for that. Really? He's, he's just like There's another guy who does these unflatter, un, unflattering uh, cartoons of the industry. And we all need this because it's such an awful industry. As remember this, folks. Animation is a tough game. Uh, but he does these books called Faster Cheaper. When he was an animation assistant at Disney, he was doing these unflattering drawings of everybody and putting them up on the wall, and Walt <laughs> saw them. And he's and you know, he's like, who's doing these drawings? Oh, that's Norman, that's the kid down there. He said, really? And put him in story. And he's like, I don't know a thing about story. What are you <laughs> talking about? So he wound up being in story. And he and I worked together for years. We'd known of each other, but we never actually got to work together until Toy Story Two. Oh wow! Sent him up to Pixar, and we got to meet. And I was in the story room, and I was going to pitch something. And I was just bored, and I was going to pitch it as Jack Manny. And I, I just did. A, you know, I gotta tell you this. Job, you know, and I just you know here's Woody, you see, and he's gonna go talk to Jesse. And in the background, I said, Could you speed it up, boss? And I went, <laughs> I Stop, and I turned around and Floyd's sitting back like this. And we started doing Benny in Rochester all through the industry. And everybody knew it. But well, we did it because it was upsetting the PC folks. So you can't do that, that's not PC, blah blah. This is right. Different.
0: Especially Rochester.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, Floyd and I know the routines. Yeah. So we get, uh, oh, like, uh, he was at the Disney Family Museum. He goes, ah, Mr. Benny! Like, oh, God, everybody looks, you know. he No matter where, he was at, uh, he was giving a talk at Nickelodeon to the interns, you know, and I, I, I was dropping off my director for, portfolio. <laughs> he could, he's in there talking to the interns in the big, like, he room and I open the door and he's all done and he goes Mr. Benny and I went oh god we're doing this aren't we you know <laughs> I said, what are you doing at Nickelodeon for guys day she says I got to, I had to call you somebody stole the Maxwell said, somebody stole the, when did they steal the Maxwell he said oh uh, about six hours ago <laughs> six hours ago why didn't you call me six hours ago I just got done laughing you know <laughs> You can hit him up any time. We 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 do this on Annoying Orange when he came over to the soundstage. What are you doing on my soundstage? I'm trying to shoot a TV show. He says. I had to call you. We need a new phone in the house. Why do we need another phone in the house? We've got two already. He says, Well, uh, suppose the house is burning down. I don't have any change. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I did this at Caps for his roast. I did it for you know, but everybody, that's you know, with the glasses, you see. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but anyway, that's that's the uh, that's the Jack Benny, Floyd Norman story. So if you ever ever catch us live, and we are the nastiest little boys in the story room, we're we're just like he's an imp and he's one of those guys who just kind of like, you know, he'll push, <laughs> and I'm you know I I, I have no. No breaks, so I like I like it loud and fun and, and silly, so it's always nice to meet another Jack Benny fan. This is outstanding.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, I love that stuff, and I, 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 yeah, I'm a big fan. Great. <laughs> it's great. hard to dig up, like, it's hard to find a good library of stuff. I have, like, a handful of DVDs, I have a bunch of audio stuff, but it's like, I've read a couple of books, but it's hard to, like, find anything that, like, is nice in one place.
1: Yeah, it really is, you know, to get the whole thing. I mean, there, there is the club, and they do offer stuff like that, but, <laughs> uh but there, was, there was some other thing. I mean, we were doing. Uh, oh, when we were working on Toy Story 2, we got uh, uh, Kelsey. Kelsey came in. Kelsey Graham.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. yeah
1: uh, we brought Kelsey in. Uh, Phil Hartman had been. Uh, he was up for the part as a prospector. Really. And the unpleasantness with Phil Hartman and his. Wife.
0: Oh wow! I'm such so, like he and I. I, I sidetrack, but like I, I. Of my all my SNL like people I love like. I think he's the most underappreciated. He's amazing. It's so unfortunate.
1: He's oh, just, you know, take the amigo's clothes. <laughs> oh, yay! Um, <laughs> uh, well, there, we had Kelsey come in because we were all like, okay, well, who's your pick for uh, <clears throat> doing the voice of the prospector now that we can't use? Unfortunately, we cannot use Bill. Hmm. And I put together a reel of keepos with some audio of Kelsey. And they went for Kelsey. Which is really funny because when we did the movie Storks of Warner Brothers, everybody was the we need the, the who's the guy who's going to run this you know the Stork business? I said, look we'll at Kelsey, and they got Kelsey. Right. <laughs> I saw Kelsey, who's another huge Jack Benny fan. He oh, was cool. probably huge Jack Benny fan. And I told you know I I was talking to him. i was so glad to see him. But what he did do is he brought us two punch up writers that we had for about a week that were on Frasier with him. Mm. I said, Oh, I, we got these two guys that'll work with you guys on the, just do a pass on the, on the script. And I was sitting with them in the story room. I said, God, this stuff reminds me of the Jack Benny show. And they just kind of looked at each other. And they were like, because ensembles are hard to write. They're really hard to write and hard to make funny. Hmm. And they, uh, when they went to college, their instructors were Milt Joseph Berg and John Tackaberry. Oh, wow. Benny's head writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm just like, oh, you guys, oh, my God, no wonder this works so well, you know? That's amazing. The show basically in- invented this, the uh, ensemble formula. I mean, sure, there were yeah. other shows that did it, but those guys had it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The
1: absurdity and the fun and the silliness. and like they, they knew how to do it. And that, that also translated into Taxi and Cheers and, mm-hmm. and you know, Frasier, which came out of the box absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. I that show.
0: I um, just finished my watching it through like all the way through for probably the 20th time in my life so yeah
1: it's like watching the Benny Show.
0: It, yeah absolutely
1: and you can see him lapse into these every once in a while
0: yep he does a few He'll of those once. yes <laughs> he does you're right I never I don't think I've noticed that before but you're absolutely right
1: <laughs> yeah but listen to it. I mean the in the book Fader Morgana we had the Steve and I wanted to make sure we had that pattern between the characters
0: because
1: mm. to me characters are characters make your film that's one thing totally that's funny when I was at Pixar they were still forming this story thing that they tout now, like, this is the Pixar Broadway. Well, back then, we were just wandering in the Moses, you know, in the desert, you know? We're just like, hey, this is funny. This works. This makes you cry. We were all still trying to figure out that formula. Mm. And that was only on two, because remember, they only had Toy Story, Bugs Life, and Toy Story 2. Right. That's all they had in the can. They've, and they were learning... A lot of stuff. I mean, we, we learned a lot about story and a lot about stuff like that. And I always came in loving character because of the old movies from the forties. I'm a big thirties and forties guy. So hmm. uh, we there's a formula there. There's a formula for writing ensembles. This also works with the turtles because you've got the four guys. Yeah, and Splinter. You know, you know, Master Splinter comes in like you know, Melwood Telegram for Jack Bunny. You know, same thing. It's the. Uh, but it's very very hard to do. But we we achieved it as well in Fata Morgana. So uh, you, you can hear the voices of everybody, and the reviews have been very very specific about. I love the crew. I love the patter. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have made the, the leap into science fiction, which I knew we needed. Hmm. Because we have st- just solid World War Two drama that goes like Steve It says flies into another novel, but without the guys being so solid, and you know you hear them. They're like. You know, they're like Dennis and, and everybody else. You hear them and they carry you. And you you f- you forget how much you look forward to, <laughs> you know, the, the knock on the door, you know, or the guy selling the Cimmerin rolls, you know, and that kind of stuff. Like, I just can't say cinnamon. <laughs> no, no, Jack, it says Cimmerin rolls right here. He had that printed, you know. <laughs> J.P. Simmerin right here. Oh, for God's sakes, you see. Anyway. Anyway, I could go on
0: for days. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's great. Honestly, that that kind of wraps it up. I just had one last question, and that is, who's your favorite? I get
1: off with turtles. I'm so sorry for anybody who listened to this thing wanting to hear more about the turtles.
0: <laughs> They're in there I'm somewhere. Sorry. They're in there. We're gonna have to do like two or three or four. This is the turtles slash Jack Benny podcast now, so it's. <laughs> I'm
1: into that. Do it.
0: <laughs> that's that's a unique... I don't think I've ever said it anymore <laughs> before. Is Cowabunga as Jack Benny. <laughs> um,
1: last question
0: was... Who, who, last question is who's your favorite turtle?
1: Raphael, always. Okay. Yep, yep. He's, just, he's fun to draw. I love his attitude. He's just... He's the full diaper of the group. I just really, really like him. You know? <laughs> he's, he's just so reactionary and, and fun. And, uh... And all this sort of thing. It's just, I just really dig them, you know? Nice. It just, I, I really
0: connect with them. Everybody thought, oh, you should be like Mike I'm like, no, I like rap. Rap is just too freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that covers it. Uh, Ken, thank you so much. Uh, I also want to send a thanks uh, to the guys at Turtle Flakes, who we do this podcast in conjunction with. Um, and that really covers it. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, dude, this has been great. And hey, we're still laughing. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. We made it through. <laughs> I'll cut that out! <laughs> Honestly. Good night, fool. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just> gonna... <laughs> and now, Amos and Andy. Thank you, T-T-Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. They're the world's most fearsome
2: fighting team. We're really hip. They're heroes in the half shell. And they're green. Hey, Thank you, T-Turtles. Rap. Ninja Turtles. Leonardo leads
1: Donatello Dust machine. That's the fact Turtles. Raphael is cool But rude Give me a break Michelangelo Is a party dude party. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage
2: Mutant Ninja Turtles